Al-Bayan Radio presents Prophetic Pearls, a brief explanation of the 40 hadith of Imam al-Nawawi presented by Nidal Ayyubi. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. Wassalatu wassalamu ala nabiyyina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam. Assalamu alaikum dear brothers and sisters. Welcome back to our series Prophetic Pearls, a brief explanation of the 40 hadith of Imam Nawawi rahimahullah today we have reached hadith number 6 the halal is clear and the haram is clear al hadith al-sadis an abi abdullah an-nu'man ibn bashir radiyallahu anhuma qaal sami'tu rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam yaqul inna al-halal bayyin wa inna al-haram bayyin وبينهما أمور مشتبهات لا يعلمهن كثير من الناس فمن اتقى الشبهات فقد استبرأ لدينه وعرضه ومن وقع في الشبهات وقع في الحرام كالراعي يرعى حول الحما يوشك أن يرتع فيه ألا وإن لكل ملك حما ألا وإن حما الله محارمه ألا وإن في الجسد مضغة إذا صلحت صلح الجسد كله وإذا فسدت فسد الجسد كله ألا وهي القلب رواه البخاري ومسلم On the authority of النعمان بن بشير رضي الله عنه He said I heard the messenger of Allah صلى الله عليه وسلم say That which is lawful is clear and that which is unlawful is clear and between the two of them are doubtful matters, about which many people do not know. Thus he who avoids doubtful matters clears himself in regards to his religion and his honour. But he who falls into doubtful matters eventually falls into that which is unlawful. Like the shepherd who pastures around the sanctuary or but grazing therein. Truly every king has a sanctuary and truly Allah's sanctuary is his prohibitions. Truly in the body there is a morsel of flesh which if it be sound, all the body is sound, and which if it is diseased, all the body is diseased, truly it is the heart. This hadith is found in Al-Bukhari and Muslim. This hadith lays down some of the most important principles in Islam, so much so that Abu Dawood, the great muhaddith, rahimahullah, he said that this hadith is one of the most important hadith, so much so that Islam revolves around four hadith, he said, and he said this is one of them. And the reason this hadith is so important is that this hadith covers all the possible acts, the permissible, the forbidden, and the doubtful or ambiguous. It also shows how to protect one's religion and honor. Finally, at the end of it, the end of the hadith, it points out to the key to following the permissible and remaining away from what will harm a person. Now, the narrator of this hadith is a Nu'man bin Bashir radiyallahu anhu. His kunya was Abu Abdullah. Al-Nu'man bin Bashir al-Ansari al-Khazraji radiyallahu anhu He was one of the first Muslims born to the Ansar of Medina and he was quite young when the Prophet sallallahu died. During the time of Muawiyah he held different government positions in Kufa and Hams. He was also well known for his speaking ability and poetry. He was killed in Hams around the year 64 after Hijrah. In Sahih al-Bukhari there are six hadith narrated from Al-Nu'man radiallahu anhu. In other works, the total of his hadith comes to around 116. Now, the statement of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Inna al-halal bayyin, 
وإن الحرام بين وبينهما أمور مشتبهات Meaning that which is lawful is clear and that which is unlawful is clear and between the two are doubtful matters. So we learn from this statement of the Prophet that all matters can be split up into three categories or three types. So these three are the clearly impermissible, al-halal, and the clearly forbidden, al-haram, and that which is doubtful or ambiguous. So the first category is whatever is clearly permissible. Such as the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala This day all good foods have been made lawful and the foods of those who were given the scripture is lawful for you and your food is lawful for them. And the second category is that which is clearly haram what Allah has established to be forbidden in a text in the Quran or in the Sunnah. An example of this, the saying of Allah Prohibited to you for marriage are your mothers, your daughters and your sisters. And the third category is the doubtful matters. So the Prophet ﷺ, he mentioned the clearly halal and the clearly haram and he mentioned the third category which is the unclear matters. So between these two, the clearly halal and the clearly haram, there is the unclear matters or the ambiguous matters. Sheikh Saleh al-Fawzan, Hafizullah, he said, that is, there are ambiguous or unclear matters between the lawful and the unlawful, which are not easily figured out to be from the lawful or the prohibited. This is because the evidences regarding them could be pulled in different directions. Some show that they are lawful and others show that they are unlawful. The scholars differ about it. Some ruled for its permissibility and others ruled for its prohibition. Because each of them gave preponderance to certain aspects of the evidences. So this is ambiguous. It is not easily figured out whether it is lawful or prohibited. Such things will be left out of caution and avoidance until the matter becomes clear. If it becomes clear in the end that it is prohibited, then it is certainly avoided. But if it becomes clear that it is permitted, then it is taken. However, whatever is not clear is considered ambiguous. And Prophet also said regarding the unclear matters or the ambiguous matters. لا يعلمهن كثير من الناس about which not many people are knowledgeable, this phrase means that not many people are able to figure out whether the individual doubtful matters are actually permissible or forbidden. And in Surah Al-Tirmidhi, it makes it clear when Prophet ﷺ said, لا يدري كثير من الناس من الحلال هي أم من الحرام Not many people know whether they are permissible or if they are forbidden. So to summarize this point, my dear brothers and sisters, if it becomes clear to us that a thing is lawful, then we act upon it. And when it becomes clear to us that something is prohibited, then we refrain from it. We avoid it. And when a matter is unclear, it's ambiguous, we abstain from it. We keep away from it. That is the correct position regarding unclear matters. Prophet ﷺ also said in another hadith, leave that which causes you doubt for that which has not caused you doubt. And we shall discuss this hadith in upcoming episode of the Prophetic Pearls series, Bi'idhnillahi ta'ala. Then the Prophet ﷺ said, Thus he who avoids doubtful matters, clears himself in regard to his religion and his honor. So the Prophet's words, whoever refrains from the unclear matters, keeps away from the unclear ambiguous matters, meaning he places the shield between himself 
and the unclean matters by abstaining from it. He keeps away from it. Prophet ﷺ said about him, he has protected his religion and honor. Meaning he has guarded his religion for being touched from the prohibited. And has safeguarded his honor from being blemished by the people. So we get from this that whoever refrains from ambiguous matters will attain these two traits. Number one, protection of religion, meaning its purity and safety. And number two, sound reputation. And we know these are both great attributes. Then the Prophet ﷺ said, But he who falls into doubtful matters eventually falls into that which is unlawful, to the prohibited. So this is from two angles. Number one, the one who does not fear Allah and indulges in doubtful matters eventually begins to practice the forbidden actions as well and becomes lenient in these affairs. And number two, the one who indulges in doubtful matters oppresses himself as his heart is deprived of the light of knowledge and the light of piety. So he ends up falling into haram and does not realize it. So my dear brothers and sisters, if we take a relaxed approach to the unclear matters, the ambiguous matters, and start to act upon them and say things like, as long as there is different opinion, they are permissible, it will make you fall into the prohibited matters, as the ulama have said. That is because if you indulge in the ambiguous, unclear matters, you will soon get caught in the unlawful matters. May Allah protect us. And as we know, this is very, very dangerous. And we see this today. How many people say, oh, there's ikhtilaf, brother, there's difference of opinion. And to them, it's unclear. And they say, there's no blame upon me if I choose this or choose that. As we know today, some people, sadly, they take that which is easiest upon them. Without no knowledge, without no true fear of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So what did the ulamaq say here? They said, no, do not do this. You should rather find out what is permissible because this action of yours could make you fall into something prohibited. And you would not have protected your religion and honor, while the difference of opinion does not justify you falling into the prohibited. Then the Prophet ﷺ gave the example. Like the shepherd who pastures around the sanctuary, all but grazing therein. Verily, every king has a sanctuary, and Allah's sanctuary is his prohibitions. Prophet ﷺ stated a parable concerning the acts forbidden by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And it was the custom of the Arabs that the noblemen among them would have a specified land for only their animals to graze on. That is a private grazing land. If another shepherd would bring his sheep too close to this private grazing land, it would be very easy for some of his sheep to cross over the boundary and start to eat from the private grazing land. Therefore, the shepherd would always set some distance between his sheep and the private grazing land in order to make sure that his animals did not unintentionally eat from the private grazing land. In this parable, the private grazing land of Allah refers to the acts which Allah has forbidden. So the Muslim must be very careful not to tread close to these acts as he may accidentally take part in them. In other words, the person must avoid everything that leads to these forbidden acts. Otherwise, he may be caught in a tide and swept in the forbidden acts. May Allah protect us. And Allah in the Quran many times tells us to keep away from the prohibitions. Don't even go near them. Such as, in Surah Al-Baqarah, Allah says, Those are the limits of Allah. Do not come near to them. 
And in Surah Al-Isra, regarding fornication or adultery, Allah says, Do not come near adultery or fornication. So my dear brothers and sisters, we should not go anywhere near the prohibitions. For example, zina, adultery, fornication. Do not look at the haram, because this may lead you closer to falling into it. Do not listen to that which you're not meant to listen to. Do not touch that which you're not meant to touch. Then the Prophet ﷺ said, Truly, in the body there is a morsel of flesh, which, if it be sound, all the body is sound. And if it be diseased, all of it is diseased. This part of the body is the heart. The Arabic word for heart, qalb, is a word implying that it is a piece of flesh that is light in weight. However, it is great in its strength and importance. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala distinguished the humans from the rest of the creatures due to the human's heart and intellect. Allah said in Surah Al-Hajj, أَفَلَمْ يَسِيرُوا فِي الْأَرْضِ فَتَكُونَ لَهُمْ قُلُوبٌ يَعْقِلُونَ بِهَا فَتَكُونَ لَهُمْ قُلُوبٌ يَعْقِلُونَ بِهَا أَوْ آذَانٌ يَسْمَعُونَ بِهَا فَإِنَّهَا لَا تَعْمَلْ أَبْصَارُ وَلَكِنْ تَعْمَلْ قُلُوبُ الَّتِي فِي الصُّدُورِ So have they not travelled through the earth? and have hearts by which to reason, and ears by which to hear. For indeed, it is not the eyes that are blinded, but blinded are the hearts which are within the breasts. My dear brothers and sisters, the various limbs of the body are subservient to the heart. So the heart is the leader, and the rest of the limbs are the soldiers. They follow the heart. So whatever the heart decides upon, the actions appear on the limbs. So if the heart is good, is pure, then the actions of the limbs are good and pure. And if the heart is corrupt, then the actions of the limbs are also corrupt. And this is what we understand from the statement of the Prophet ﷺ, if the heart is sound, meaning if it be sound, all the body is sound and pure. And if it is diseased, all of the body is diseased. We ask Allah to purify our hearts. Now someone may ask, are there signs for a pure and sound and clean heart? And are there signs for a diseased, sick heart? We say yes, there is. And this is a very important question that needs to be answered. Because today, 99% of the time, when you advise someone who is not doing what they're meant to be doing, they don't pray, they don't fast, they don't wear hijab, what do they say? The most common reply, brother, my heart is pure. It's clean. So is this statement of this true? Let's put it to the test by discussing what are the signs of a pure heart and what are the signs of a diseased heart. Firstly, the signs of a pure and healthy heart. But before we discuss the signs, we must know, we must acknowledge that we have to strive to purify our hearts. Because it is the true key to behaving properly in this life and gaining Allah's pleasure and the paradise in the next life. And as we mentioned, there are signs that one can notice within himself to be able to determine whether or not his heart is pure and wholesome. So these signs of a pure heart, of a healthy heart, have been mentioned by Ibn al-Qayyim. Number one, number one sign of a healthy, clean heart is that the person considers himself to be belonging to the next world and not this world. He is a stranger in this world and cannot wait to reach his abode in the hereafter. Number two, the person continues to be upset with himself any time he commits a sin until he finally and completely repents to Allah subhanahu 
wa ta'ala. Number three, if the person misses his daily recitation of the Quran and dhikr, he is more upset and unhappy than if he had lost his wealth. Number four, the individual finds a pleasure in worshipping Allah that is much greater than any pleasure he finds in eating or drinking. Number five, when the person begins his prayer, his worries and concerns about this world leave him. Number six, his only concern and worry are concerning Allah and acting for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Number seven, he is more concerned with wasting time and more stingy about wasting his time than a greedy person is with respect to his wealth. Time is one key element that everyone must use for the worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But sadly, often Allah blesses people with free time and yet they have no idea how to use it, so they simply just waste it. And number eight, the person is more concerned with the correctness of his deed than he is with the performance of the deed itself. Now due to time, and this series being a brief series, a brief explanation on the 40 hadith of Imam Nawi, we will not be able to discuss each sign individually. But I wanted to mention them due to them being of great benefit ta'ala. And now we'll move on to the signs of a impure and diseased heart. So my dear brothers and sisters, before we discuss the signs of, of a diseased and impure heart, we have to know that there are many signs that a person's heart is impure or diseased. It is important to take note of these signs and cure the heart. So we must look for the sickness so we can cure it bi ta'ala. Just as when someone goes to the doctor, he's sick, he wants the doctor to tell him what's wrong with him so he can be prescribed the right medicine. Likewise here, we have to be true with ourselves and acknowledge if we have a sickness, so we can cure it bi-idhnillahi ta'ala. Because on the day of judgment, the person who will be safe and sound is the one who faces Allah with a sound and pure heart. There are many signs that a person's heart is impure or diseased. It is important to take note of these signs and cure the heart. Many people are concerned with the physical health of their hearts. If their blood pressure rises, for example, they immediately seek help. Someone is sick, got a heart problem, he immediately goes to the doctor. However, what is more important is the spiritual health of the heart. This does not mean that we neglect the physical health of the heart, no. But what is more important is the spiritual heart that will help him in this life and the next. Ibn Qayyim as well, rahimahullah, he also discussed signs that indicate there is an illness in the heart. These signs include the following. Number one, the person does not feel any hurt or pain when he commits evil deeds and sins. Number two, the individual finds both pleasure in committing acts of disobedience to Allah and rest after performing them. Number three, the person looks after the less important matters and does not care about the more important ones. Obviously, if a heart is sound, it will look after the person's best interest. When the heart does not care about essential matters, it is clearly a sign that it is not only sick, but perhaps dead. Number four, the person dislikes the truth and has difficulty accepting or submitting to it. Number five, the person does not find comfort in being among the righteous people, but finds a great deal of comfort and peace while among the evildoers and sinful people. Number six, the person is at risk to be affected by misconceptions and doubts. He is attracted to discussions, debates and arguments that surround such misconceptions rather than reading the Qur'an and other beneficial acts. So we see this today sadly amongst many Muslims, especially over the internet, especially over social media, chat rooms, WhatsApp and so on and so forth. You see, 
many Muslims spending hours discussing, for example, whether hijab or niqab is part of Islam, or whether riba is forbidden, and so on and so forth. Many people love this discussion. They spend hours on social media discussing issues like this, and they have no knowledge. They have no knowledge. So them discussing this issue in the first place is wrong in and of itself. Because you need alam to speak, you need knowledge to speak. So those people who love this type of discussion and who get affected by it must be aware this could be a sign of a sickness in their heart. And finally, number seven, the person may not be affected by any kind of advice or admonishment or reminder that he receives, whether during the Friday khutbah, for example, if he attends Friday khutbah or during a lesson or a clip sent out to him or her, even if the reminder is a great reminder, he may not be affected by the Quran, for example. So this is another sign that the heart may be diseased or truly dead. So to conclude and summarize, my dear brothers and sisters, the Prophet ﷺ clarified that all matters of the religion can be divided into three categories. Things that are clearly permissible and things that are clearly forbidden. And then in between them lie the ambiguous or unclear matters. And a person many a time cannot determine, cannot know whether this unclear matter is halal, permissible or haram, prohibited. Now it doesn't mean as we said, that some of the scholars may not know the correct ruling regarding them. They may, but the number may be quite small. We also discussed that a Muslim must know that when he enters doubtful matters, if he decides to take part in them, this may lead him or her to fall into that which is clearly not allowed, fall into the prohibitions. So the pious person will avoid these matters, therefore protecting his religion and his honor by keeping away from doubtful matters. We also learned that forbidden acts or prohibitions at Allah's private pasture. Everyone should do his best to make sure that his flock remains away from that private pasture. The only way to ensure that is to remain away from the private pasture, which are his prohibitions. Keep away from that which is haram. Don't go near them. Don't take the road to them. Even if it's something you think will not lead you to this sin, keep away. And finally, we discussed the pure heart, that if the heart is pure, then the person and his actions will be pure. And if the heart is corrupted, if the heart is diseased, then the person will be diseased. So each person must make sure that his heart is pure and wholesome because the heart is the key to all of one's actions and behavior. If the heart is pure and wholesome, the person's deeds will be pure and wholesome. If the heart is ill, then that will be reflected in his deeds. And finally, my dear brothers, we need to stay away from the forbidden and doubtful matters because that is one of the best ways to protect our hearts from becoming diseased and ill. We ask Allah to purify our hearts, to guide us to that which is best for us in this life and the next. Wallahu a'lam. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.